Um, Bill Haggerty, you are an expert on foreign policy, ambassador to Japan. Um, this meeting with uh, Antony Blinken in China with uh, various diplomats, plus he met with Xi. First of all, let's listen to some sound about Taiwan, I think. We do not support Taiwan independence. We remain opposed to any unilateral changes to the status quo by either side. We continue to expect the peaceful resolution of cross-strait differences. So, Senator Haggerty, I, I mean, I just, I understand the one China thing goes on and on and on and on. But for him to say he doesn't support Taiwan independence that way strikes me as a big blunder. I don't know what you think. You were the diplomat. You were a very good ambassador to Japan. You know all. You were on our China trade team. What do you think of Blinken? So, so I saw him do this, and these are dated State Department talking points. But I think that they marched them out, probably in exchange for Blinken to get the meeting with Xi. Mm. And that meeting with Xi was an embarrassment as well. If you saw the way that they were situated, when Xi met with. Rex Tillerson, when she met with Mike Pompeo, when she met with Hillary Clinton, they all sat side by side in a position of equals. Even Lavrov, Russia's foreign minister, sits side by side with she. But when our Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, meets with him, she's in the middle of the table and Blinken's on the side. Oh, it's disrespect all the way that. around. Huh. You know how the subtleties matter. No, no, I do. That's a good point. I didn't even, uh, I didn't even know that. Welcome to the Rob Manus Show on More War Mondays, folks, and danger, China's envelopment of the United States, and we're here on Red Voice Media Live. Okay, so they had a coup in Russia? Well, not really, but we're not sure exactly what it was, so expect more on that later in the week uh, while we're trying to confirm exactly what happened there. The really big war policy story this week is all about the Chinese communists and the United States foreign policy apparatus feckless messaging to them and everybody else. Remember, folks, our weakness in the eyes of our adversaries destroys any deterrent we may have left after the debacles in Afghanistan and Ukraine. So just days before the so-called Russia coup captured the government media's attention the U.S. Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, bent the knee to China's dictator, President Xi. That was during his once-canceled visit that happened a few days ago, signaling that we, the United States, will not interfere with China's efforts to take Taiwan. Around the same time, stories broke that the Chinese People's Liberation Army is establishing a permanent military base in Cuba just 90 miles from the USA, just to remind you folks. When we look through this lens and see that thousands of Chinese military-aged males are crossing the southern border illegally, and coupled with the fact that the CCP, that's the Chinese Communist Party, has control of the Panama Canal, we in the independent media must sound the alarm. We have to alert you, the American people, that the Chinese communists have, in fact, almost completed their complete envelopment of the United States. Well, our guest today is uh, Angie Wong, a journalist and president of Legacy Pack. Angie, welcome to The Rob Manus Show. Hi there. Hi. You know, so I live 90 minutes away from Cuba here in Miami. So we're, I was quite shocked to hear that. Uh, but we also know that the Chinese have been in Cuba for decades. Remember, yeah. we have Cuban-Chinese cuisine, and that comes from them being in, in Cuba for a very long time now. 
Yeah, yeah, they have been there a while, and we've suspected that they've had some kind of cyber operation going to uh, more along the lines of their intelligence apparatus. Uh, but now the People's Liberation Army is getting overtly involved. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you combine that with the Panama Canal and the companies, the Chinese companies, and folks, when, when I speak about a Chinese company, just a reminder, there are no Chinese companies that aren't controlled by the Communist Party of China or that don't have a large uh, connection to the People's Liberation Army, the armed forces of the uh, Chinese Communist Party. So, uh, so companies own the Panama Canal uh, on both sides. Uh, we now have this larger effort that's being established in Cuba, uh, and you combine that with this Blinken fiasco of a meeting uh, uh, and it's incredible. I, I mean, Angie, when you when you saw Blinken say that, now I, I've, I'm aware of the one China policy and everything, but the phrase "we do not support China uh, Taiwan independence" uh, that was different, wasn't it? Well, it was different, but at the same time expected because he only got that meeting because he had to had he had conditions to read off a script that was pre-approved by the Chinese government. We see this over and over again. When I was a news editor at South China Board, uh, people who would get in trouble with the CCP and their way out of that trouble uh, after being jailed for years on end is to read statements that are completely untrue and farcical. They would have to read that they were bad people and that they committed all these crimes and that the CCP is so great. I mean, there were blatant scripts written by the Chinese government. So we saw a softer version of Blinken having to do that. The question is, why did he have to do that at all? And I think that, you know, there's a lot of things in place. Since that meeting with Blinken two weeks ago, a uh, week and a half ago with President Xi, President Xi has also come out to make a statement about that very meeting. And now you see what the play is. The play is that he got talking points from Anthony Blinken, our Secretary of State, so that he can play it on Chinese television on a loop to say we have the U.S. support. Um, President Xi didn't mention anything of any sort of adversarial uh, diplomatic dance between the U.S. and China the way we do. Uh, in fact, he just said, well, we don't think the U.S. really understands what we're trying to do here and that they should get out of the way, essentially, while we take over the globe. Uh, he said, you know, we are committed to growing economically in China and that the U.S. and everyone else should just pretty much stand down and become our partners. So that was the message coming out from China and all the Chinese newspapers and television. Blinken, on the other hand, came back to the U.S. with his tail between his legs because because what did you have Biden do? You had him immediately come out and say, oh, President Xi's a dictator. Well, that didn't really work. I mean, the whole thing was so messy. There was no coordination and certainly no strategy coming out of the White House after a big Chinese uh, meetup. That was really strange to me. I think I think Tesla's CEO, uh, 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 Elon Musk, had a better reception in China weeks prior to than our own Secretary of State. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Blinken's words were one thing, but that's not what really caught my attention. What what caught my attention is the continued treatment uh, uh, ever since Blinken became Secretary of State. But the the treatment that the Chinese uh, put on this guy every time he meets with them is is totally different. You know, when when Mike Pompeo went to 
China, uh, when Russia's uh, foreign minister goes to China, they're seated at the table uh, with President Xi in a what what appears to be a, at least a a congenial relationship and a position of equality. Uh, and when this guy goes, uh, that's what really caught my attention. When you combine it with the, with the language that he had to sign up to, and then the way they treat this guy, they're not just treating the Secretary of State of the United States poorly. This is a message to the United States of America, uh, uh, the leadership and the government, right? And it's a message of, you are not strong anymore, and you are not strong enough to stop us is what I'm picking up on it. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but... No, you're absolutely right here. And I'm really surprised that the handlers uh, for, for Blinken would allow that. Um, all of this stuff, you know, is coordinated prior to anyone steps on an airplane. So the fact that Blinken was essentially treated like a second-class citizen and President Xi looked like he controlled the world in that particular photo, that says it all. Uh, in Chinese culture, where you sit at the table means everything, right? And yeah. clearly, we showed the Chinese people that the U.S. is now weak and that we're now controlled by China. That was the imagery. And I know it may not matter as much here to Americans because it's very nuanced, but certainly that photo was published on every single Chinese newspaper going forward, and everyone was talking about it. Well, for those of us that watch this stuff and that, that have worked in the government of the United States, it, oh, it, it matters a great deal uh, yes. how our emissary, our secretary of state, I mean, the only person that's above him is the president of the United States when it comes to protocol uh, and those kind of things as far as our foreign policy goes. And, and to be treated like a, really, in my opinion, he's treated like a third-rate power. You know, even the Russians, who don't have near the power that they once had as the Soviet Union, were treated better than uh, than the United States was by these guys. What do you think our response should be? I mean, I mean, we see nothing out of the government right. of the United States, uh, uh, which only furthers our weak our appearance of weakness, doesn't it? Well, all of this is intentional. Correct. We know now, given the Hunter Biden text messages and exchanges with the Biden family, that they are fully compromised with uh, between China, Chinese companies and the Biden family. They're fully compromised. And you were right to say earlier on that you can't be a Chinese company without being somehow affiliated with the CCP. In China, myself, Austin American, a Chinese American born in Queens, New York. I cannot have a company in China without a 51% local partner who's Chinese, right? I can't just operate uh, as an independent private company without having a Chinese partner and Chinese uh, influence, pretty much, right? That goes for Google, Facebook, and all the other social media companies that tried their hand to enter China in the early 2000s when I was covering China, and they couldn't do it without a local partner. And guess what they did? Look what Mark Zuckerberg did. And this is my own theory here. He married a Chinese woman. 
right? And look at what the Google execs did. They married Chinese women because they want to keep it in the family. And I think that's exactly uh, how the Chinese players do it. If you want to enter China, that's, you know, you have to play by the rules. So when we go into talking about uh, Hunter involved with Henry Zhao and his companies and the Bidens and all the other energy companies and uh, whatever companies we're going to discover uh, as the drip, drip, drip information comes out from the IRS and the whistleblowers, we're going to see that the Bidens were almost fully controlled by them. And I think that is going to be a major campaign issue coming up. I know I watched a lot of uh, CNN this morning just in preparation to see what everyone else is saying. There's not a single news article or news program talking about this. It's only us. So, you know, I wonder, when is the dam going to break on this? Yeah, uh, I purposely made this show about China because I'm gonna I'm gonna focus more on China. Uh, and, and you probably heard my intro. It's called More War Mondays, but uh, I'm considering making dedicating more days of my live show Monday through Thursday uh, to this issue with China because and you touched on this, Angie, just a little bit, uh, but about the financial aspects and the business aspects of the infiltration of the Communist Chinese Party in the PLA, uh, I'm sure you're aware that on our stock exchange under the SEC rules, uh, the Chinese companies don't even have to meet the requir same requirements that American companies do. We give them privilege uh, access to being on the New York Stock Exchange and those kind of things, don't we? Well, here's the reality of things. Whether you like it or not, we've welcomed foreign companies, including Chinese companies, into the U.S. for decades. We love their money love their foreign investments. We are selling all of our American stock to them, and we love the returns that we're getting on it. We can't all of a sudden say in the last two years, okay, stop, you know, they're infiltrating our country. We welcome them with, with red carpets to come over and invest in our companies. Most of it, I would, um, I, ha I don't have a figure for you, but I would imagine the majority of American companies today, the large corporations are mainly foreign-owned. Right? If you look at who their stock portfolio is, and you look at who's buying for them, the Goldman's, the Black Rocks uh, of, of the world, where you know it's American banks selling it to the foreigners, and we allowed it to happen. So if you want this to stop, you got to get Congress to basically put a cap on foreign investments in the U.S., which I know it's yeah. almost impossible to do. But look, again, I take the example of being an American trying to open up a business in China. I can't do that without a 51% local partner. Oh, absolutely, uh, Angie. And, you know, we, we had trouble. I work with a group that's uh, that uh, successfully, uh, to a degree anyway, got Congress to stop uh, the thrift savings plan. Our veterans, our U.S. military active duty and veterans 401k equivalent, the thrift savings plan, the TSP, wanted to invest in Chinese companies. Uh, uh, and that's just absolutely ludicrous to do that, but it was a very big lift, a very heavy lift, uh, getting the Congress to pass legislation to stop that from happening. Uh, and it was a big lift to get the, the first President Trump, and I don't know that we've succeeded in getting President Biden to also sign an executive order on that. Well, we've got to take a break, Angie. When we come back, I want to dive deeper into this 
the People's Liberation Army uh, unit in Cuba uh, and the history behind that that you mentioned in our opening uh, so folks have a full understanding of what's really going on there. We'll be right back on The Rob Manus Show. Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Have you been threatened with levies or have unfiled returns? The IRS is hiring 87,000 agents to boost IRS collections, and they have the power to seize assets, freeze bank accounts, and they can even take your home. Tax Network USA can help you today before it's too late. Our CPAs and certified tax experts have proven strategies that work for taxpayers time and time again. These same strategies have saved over $500 million in back taxes, permanently resolving tax debts for good. Stop collections and get relief today before it's too late. Are we going to prevent China from having a military? Are we going to prevent China from having a military base on the island of Cuba? We uh, have uh, been not only looking, but also engaging in a number of countries over the last couple of years uh, where China's trying to get a, a foothold. And we've been engaged uh, diplomatically in a number of places. Yeah. And we've had some success in um, either preventing that, delaying that, uh, or turning that around. We continue to do that. I've raised that directly with, uh, with my Chinese counterparts. They know where we stand on that issue. I noticed you say you raised it with your Chinese counterparts. There are no, we don't we have no relations still with Cuba. I mean, this decision to pull back relations with Cuba did we not just throw them into the arms of the Chinese? No, we actually have raised this with uh, with, with the Cubans as well. So uh, they also, for them, there's right. no secret about uh, the, uh, are, the concerns that we have and the fact that we're watching this very carefully. Are we going to make sure it doesn't happen? Is this a line in the sand? Um, uh, again, we've made clear that uh, this is a real that this is a real concern. And as I said, uh, in a variety of places where China's tried to get a foothold uh, militarily or uh, or with intelligence, uh, we've been uh, not only looking at that, we've been taking uh, action to try to push uh, push back, and we've had some success. Welcome back to the Rob Mana Show on Red Voice Media Network Live, folks. Uh, Monday through Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern for one hour. Mondays is Boer War Mondays, and we're talking with uh, journalist and president of Legacy Pack, Angie Wong, today about the envelopment of the United States by the Chinese Communist Party uh, and the People's Liberation Army. Uh, I mean, you mentioned earlier, Angie, that uh, before we get to Blinken's uh, approach in that video, uh, it just it, it makes me chuckle in a in a sad sort of way when I see his responses to even the most friendly. Uh, government media, that's what Chuck Todd is, he's government media, uh, uh, and, and he's just, he's like a whipped puppy, you know, uh, but, uh, but you mentioned uh, in our opening that the uh, Chinese communists have been in Cuba uh, for a while. Uh, what did you mean by that exactly? Well, I just mean that, you know, the Chinese and Cuba, they have a very special relationship, and they've been you know, they've been—the Chinese have been there for decades, the same way that they've been in, you know, near the Panama Canal and in 
you know, in Africa and uh, in all the mineral-rich states of Africa, countries of Africa, I, you know, they're there to basically uh, incure, solicit, and produce a lot of materials and, you know, necessary, uh, you know, businesses that are necessary to grow the entire country of China. And that's what we've been seeing. And that's exactly what and she has said. It's like, don't stop us. We're basically a big cruise ship steaming past all of you guys as we're, you know, too busy, focused inwardly uh, in our own country's problems. We are having China completely steamroll us. And that's what they did in Hong Kong. I saw them do that on a very small scale in Hong Kong. They just stepped all over Hong Kong. They'll do the same thing in Taiwan. They'll just buy whatever they need, take whatever resources they need, and just steamroll, because that has always been the plan. There is no emotions involved. This is a pure business transaction, and they're winning. They are winning, uh, and you haven't mentioned it specifically, but the program called the Belt and Road Initiative uh, is one of the tools that China uses around the world uh, to uh, to burrow its way in uh, and, and set the hook, so to speak, right? Yeah, I mean, and this is a tactic that's used in corporate America and corporate, you know, world all the time, mm -hmm. right? get in there, you buy stock, you own them, and then you slowly kind of eat away and push out your partners. That is That happens all the time, every day. And that is, the Chinese have been doing this for at least four decades that I can count. Um, mm -hmm. uh, when President Xi came into power, he really kind of like, he was slow dancing at first, it was a slow burn, but now he's putting full force because he knows that Joe Biden cannot do a thing. Hunter Biden is too complicated and too implicit into all the dealings with China so that this is their window to really push forward anything they want. And I mean that. I mean, that's why we're hearing things about Cuba and Panama Canal and uh, Chinese-owned farmlands. It's not just China. And we shouldn't just focus on those three things because it's been in the news. It's right. every facet of business and social life. And we've really kind of, again, allow them to do it for many decades. To pull back now will take several decades to do, and a lot of muscle coming from our government, which I don't know if we have that yet, because I don't think, in my hearts of hearts, I don't believe that our U.S. government, and especially our U.S. Congress, really has a full understanding of what's happening in China. They get the Republican talking points, and that's it. I would love to take them on a convoy to China and show them what's really happening on the ground and how they work and how they're very different. You, there's no emotions involved in this. It's purely a takeover. And yeah. the, the, you have to kind of get that from uh, on the ground and how that works. Yeah, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the takeover, the interesting thing that caught my attention when I first heard about the Belt and Road Initiative was uh, that, it, that it's not necessarily businesses uh, solely that are setting, getting the hook set, they're making agreements with governments to build infrastructure that are obviously it's, it's conducted by Chinese businesses. But as we, you always have to remember folks, Chinese businesses are the Chinese Communist Party controlled businesses. Uh, so it is the government uh, of China from my perspective anyway. Uh, but the rules are when they set down the terms of the agreements, that if you default on any of these, uh, the 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 uh, People's Republic of China gets ownership of this infrastructure, like harbors, you know, 
transportation infrastructure, uh, those kinds of things. Uh, and that, that is happening all around the world. Uh, and uh, I mean, and this is this issue is outside of the specifics we're talking about uh, with the envelopment of the United States, but it's part of the deal uh, as to how they are doing it, isn't it? I'm not sure about that because it's different jurisdictions, right? So I'm not entirely sure how uh, how a contract would supersede any uh, government's jurisdiction and their courts, uh, however they proceed. I can imagine that you know there are you know the contracts are written as such because that is exactly what a strong contract looks like. Um, but ultimately, you know, what is the solution here? What are we trying to go for? I know we're in election season and the Chinese are the bad guys in this, you know, in this round. So, I mean, I get that there is politics involved in this, as well as some real life scenarios, as we've, we've been talking about for the last couple of minutes, right? Um, but what is the solution? What are we aiming for here? Are we trying to get rid of the Chinese altogether, you know, as far as, you know, their global dominance? I don't know if that's going to happen right now. I don't think that can happen. Everything in my house, from the light switches to all the parts in my dishwasher and all the parts of my car, they're made in China, right? Um, I know that we don't like to talk about, you know, nice things about Nancy Pelosi all the time, but one of the best things that she did last year was to bring back semiconductor chips uh, manufacturing here to the U.S., because that was a real crisis that, you know, we don't cover at all. Um, and all of that was being made mainly in China and Taiwan. Taiwan is the kind of the super factory for semiconductors. And so, you know, those are, you know, is the solution really then to bring back American manufacturing? And I think that is a real conversation to kind of elevate to rather than saying anti-China, anti-China. Okay, fine. Yeah. They, they, you know, played us for a very long time, but what are we doing about it? Um, and I think so part of the solution would be to bring back American manufacturing, and maybe even to embrace robotics and AI who can produce just the bare necessities that American people need all the time. So we're not reliant on any foreigners, not just China, but any foreigners yeah. who can kind of hold us captive. You know, I was really scared during the COVID years that China was holding back on diabetes medicines, right? Um, because that was signal number one hey, we're coming for you. Yeah. And we're going to just, you know, and, and luckily we caught that and it wasn't a big news story. It was happening in the background mostly. But that was certainly a warning sign to me that they are going to push on through. And we've, I mean, they have 40 years ahead of us on all this. We're catching up to them. Uh, so we do need smart leadership who understands the situation. I don't, I saw that clip with uh, Anthony Blinken that you just played. You know, I don't, he's in a catch-22 right now, right? He yeah. wants to do the diplomacy dance because that is what he does. That's his job, right? right. Uh, he has to go into Cuba and say, hang on, let's not do this. You know, like, let's, let's, let's smooth things out. Let's lower the temperature is basically what he does. So I don't necessarily blame him for wanting to do that. I think that is the right course. He's just a terrible spokesperson. He just doesn't convince anybody. He's not convincing, and he doesn't give a sense of security to me. I live, again, 90 miles away from Cuba here in Miami. I'm, like, a little bit worried. I mean, are they tapping my phones? Are they, you know, sending a spy balloon over, you know, to my condo? Like, what are they doing, right? Um, and I need some sort of assurances from anyone 
in the Biden administration that they're on top of this. We're not getting that. Well, you're not getting that. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I wouldn't lay the uh, the chip manufacturing solely at the feet of Nancy Pelosi, although she was the Speaker of the House and heavily involved. Uh, that's for sure. But uh, the United States government as a whole needs to get their arms wrapped around getting manufacturing back home. We've been saying this for years now, including in the Trump administration and before, uh, that uh, those those things that should be made here that are necessary for the survival of the American people need to come home. Uh, you know, during the pandemic, one of the things that I learned that I didn't know was antibiotics. The majority of the materials for making antibiotics came from China. Uh, and uh, uh, that was one of the things that we pushed on the Trump administration to, to bring that manufacturing home. Uh, same thing for uh, batteries. If you want to go electric car, I don't have a problem with individuals choosing to do that. Uh, but uh, when you give up uh, the biggest uh, mines in, in the world in Afghanistan uh, to, and the Chinese get to come in, uh, you're not helping yourselves. So uh, good point on the manufacturing, bringing that back home. You're absolutely right. I mean, there is so much the Chinese are, are uh included in so much of our culture, our society, our business, our defense industry, uh, even even chips uh, and electronics uh, that have found their ways into aircraft, tanks, artillery shells, all kinds of things, uh, that it's going to take strong leadership. And uh, this administration that's here now, I mean, Blinken is just an example, uh, you know, that uh, uh, he may want to do the diplomatic dance, but he's not doing it very well when he lets the Chinese people, uh, the Chinese diplomats, treat him like a, a whipped dog. Uh, and that's well, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean, I can see the reality of things. Right? He has handlers yeah. who are in their 20s. They have no sense of history. They didn't read the playbook of how to deal with the Chinese. They may have had like one or two Chinese experts there, but he was probably a yes guy. Right. So they, they let him sit at the most powerless part of the table. There is one thing that I think we can do just to just jump all over the place with you, because I feel like I could do that with you. There is one thing that we can do today. Right? We can stop American banks from allowing the Chinese to buy up all the ingredients and all the things that they need to continue their superpower push. For example, Goldman Sachs helped the Chinese buy up so many pig farms in America and other farms in America that produces those drugs that we were just discussing, right? Those, the, uh, you mentioned the uh, anti, uh, not antibacterial, what did you say? The antibiotics manufacturer. Antibiotics, correct. Yeah. Right. So the, you know, I, I'm not an expert in this whatsoever, but the intestines of the pig essentially goes into the coating of a lot of the medicines that we use uh, to transmit, for example. That's why, it's not because they love pork and they love bacon, is because they know that that particular material controls our medicines, right? So we can, what we have control over and what our jurisdiction can control are the, are the American banks that are happily piecemealing our country to foreign buyers. And I think that it's something that happened today and that could be a bill that could be produced and put on the floor. Maybe not this session because they're about to break for summer, but certainly in the fall. Yeah. Well, we've got to take another break, Angie, but when we come back, uh... Uh, I want to get your take on what we're seeing about Chinese military-aged males that are coming into the southern border illegally uh, and see where you, where you come from on that. Uh, I've got my own thoughts uh, 
behind it. But uh, it's an interesting issue that people have been bringing up uh, a lot recently in independent type media. Uh, so I'm interested in your take on it. We'll be right back with the Rob Mana Show, Angie Wong on Red Voice Media Network. Welcome to Reagan Gold Group. We're glad you're here. We understand that you're probably feeling the pain of rising inflation and are worried about how it may be affecting your hard-earned savings. Thanks to H.R. 5376 passed by President Biden, many 401k and IRA savers are facing a nightmare. Governments are printing fiat currency at an alarming rate, which means that the value of your savings is being eroded day by day. However, there is a way to escape wealth confiscation. Precious metals such as gold does not depreciate over time and is a sound investment that keeps on growing. Physical gold is not subject to fraud, and as inflation rises, so does the price of gold. It's an investment product that is renowned for its ability to hedge against inflation. I'm Leith Eaton, the senior account executive here at Reagan Gold Group. We offer 100% free IRA rollovers with free storage, maintenance, and insurance for up to three years on qualified orders. We understand that your financial needs and goals may change over time which is why we offer a hassle-free buyback commitment. This allows you to sell your precious metals any day, any time at the current market value. Whether you're looking to cash in on your investment, diversify your portfolio, or simply need some extra cash, our buyback commitment is here to support you. We offer a price match guarantee to ensure you get the best price for your precious metal investments. Contact us before making a purchase and we'll beat any competitor's price. We also understand the importance of the safe and secure shipping of your metals. That's why we fully ensure all orders ship to our customers with signature required. Book a free consultation with us now to learn how you can invest in precious metals and hedge your financial future. And for a limited time, we're offering up to $2,500 in free gold and silver. Don't miss out on this limited opportunity. Contact us today to take advantage of this amazing offer. to Alejandro Mayorkas. We are in the migrant camp of San Vicente. The majority right here on the back, all of them are from China as they are migrating into the north borders of the United States. Venezuela, China, 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 Venezuela, Venezuela, China. Where are you going? You, United States? United States, USA? Where are you going? USA. USA. China. Yes, from China. China. Where you're going to the United States? USA. 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 America, New York. America, New York. Uh, yes. Yes. Xi Jinping. No. No. Okay. USA. China. 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 Nepal. China. 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 China, 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 China,
China, China, China. All of you, China, 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 and China. Wow. All Chinese. You from China? Ah, okay. China, China, USA, going to the USA, Estados Unidos. Welcome back to the Rob Mata Show, live here on Red Voice Media Network. Uh, we're here Monday through Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern. On Mondays is uh, dedicated to the theme of More War Mondays. And uh, we have a lot of discussion going on uh, about the Chinese Communist Party uh, and uh, President Xi Jinping uh, of China and what those folks are trying to do around the world uh, both uh, from an economic perspective, I think most people understand and get it, but it's the military perspective and the envelopment of what appears to be the envelopment of the United States and what some folks are saying is the infiltration of the United States. Uh, Angie Wong uh, is joining us today. She's the president of Legacy Pack and has uh, spent this time with us. Thank you so much for staying with us, Angie. We appreciate it. A uh, couple of things jump out at me uh, watching that video, and, and I just I just picked one out uh, because I, I see them more and more frequently. Uh, seems like every day, if I turn on Real America's Voice or or Twitter or something, there's something about some video showing these folks. Uh, uh, but a couple of things stand out: the majority were from China, uh, and the majority were male, and uh, they look like military-aged males to me, most of them. Uh, but, uh, but the other thing that jumps out at me is that uh, there are non-government organization personnel helping them. Uh, you could see them at the tables, uh, uh, get processed to come into the United States. Uh, and most of them are illegal uh, when they come into the United States. So, uh, you know, what do you think about all this? I mean, I get concerned when people throw out things like, well, they're all military-age bills, yada, 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 you know, they're infiltrating. That may be, that is a concern. Uh, that is a concern, but, uh, but I also think when I see a video like that, well, what if those folks shouldn't be being shown on TV because they are really trying to escape communist China, too? I have both of those thoughts in my mind when I see those videos and think about this issue. Where do you see this? Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I think we covered that in, on Real America's Voice with Ben uh, Burkiam when he was doing that report, and I was shocked to see that the guys online would even allow their faces to be shown on that line. Because here's the th the reality: is they could be prosecuted if they ever went back to China for being on that line, being filmed, uh, and even saying what uh, affiliation they were with. Well, they kept saying China, whether or not they understood that or not. You, you know, it's 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 um, a different reality if you're Chinese. I know that by going on your program today, I will not be able to go back into China, possibly ever, and my family members as well, because this is well documented that I am talking against the Chinese government today and other programs, right? So for them to be standing online and being reported uh, in any which way, you know, they're also putting their lives in danger. Now, are they military-aged men? 
I'm not sure. They kind of look middle-aged to me, and they look like they were coming in with their families. Um, I only have that reference because I spent 13 years in Hong Kong and China, and, I, and a lot of these guys look like um, economic immigrants, but I'm not sure. Obviously, I, I wouldn't have that uh, information to tell you for sure. Um, but what is concerning is when I was at the so southern border last year in McAllen, Texas, and I was investigating all the border crossers coming through, all of them had, not all, but a lot of them had handlers, just like, you know, the ones that we saw in that video there, because they're making money on these guys. They're bringing them into cities like New York, Chicago, L.A., to work at restaurants, to work at meat processing factories, to work these odd jobs that no one's ever going to come in and ask for to see a license or anything, right? So that's what the handlers are for. And they fly with them. They get the color-coded uh, envelopes to enter the country uh, in lieu of a passport. Um, and it's our government and our charities that are flying them around the country, the same way that we saw, you know, the migrants from the, you know, from South America and Central America come through over the last few years. They're taking advantage of a window, of an open borders window that we have in our country right now. And every, we're seeing Africans come in, we're seeing yeah. Yemenis come through. Um, and one last point on that, I was with uh, Eric Greitens, who was the former governor of Missouri. Right. He's a former Navy SEAL, and him and his team went into the Rio Grande, and they swooped up with their hands cards, ID cards, that border crossers would drop in the river so that when they cross over to the U.S. side, they can claim that they're John Smith, right? Yeah. They, yeah. Eric Greitens, processed several of these cards and found nine people on a terror on a I don't know if it was FBI or what terror list, but they found that these guys were on terror lists. We don't know who's coming into our country, but we do know that there are plenty of people that are suspected terrorists entering the southern border. And that's what we have to really pay attention to. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think we have to pay attention to all of it. You know, uh, because e even if 10 out of the thousands of, of folks from communist China uh, are part of a team that wants to do harm to America, that's 10 that shouldn't be here. It's the same thing with the terrorist thing. Uh, you know, uh, th I think that's why the concern, uh, I'm concerned that there is not more concern about this. I mean, you mentioned the NGOs uh, getting money and making money off of this. Uh, most of that money comes from the government of the United States, doesn't it? Oh, all of it comes from, and that's been the game. That has been the game on a national scale, international scale, even on a local scale. I did, you know, elections in New York City. They were pumping money. The, uh, our, our governors were pumping money into local NGOs to basically create, you know, whatever they wanted uh, under the guise of, let's say, um, you know, uh, school support or any LGTB support, whatever it goes. Those NGOs then become the army of uh, our, our local government and federal government because they receive all that money. Look, you have the Catholic charities down in, in McAllen, Texas, and other ports on the southern border. They have so much money that they've been given by the U.S. government. They're buying up real estate right now. I mean, it's incredible. They're buying up real estate in all these border states because they don't know what to do with the money. They have to, like, put it somewhere. And it's not necessarily to go to supporting more migrants coming in. It's just because that's how much money we're giving them. 
And I've been on the planes with a lot of the border crossers. I see what they've done. I did a big expose for the New York Post following families from McAllen, Texas, all the way to uh, a place in New Jersey where these kids are being collected at a, at a gas station uh, at the Thomas Edison bus stop. And we're handing over these kids that come over the border. They have a little piece of scrap paper that says, my auntie's name is this, my uncle's name is this. We're giving these kids away to random strangers in New Jersey without any checks of IDs or any processing. And now they've gone into the fabric of the U.S. and we have no idea where they are. We've lost them. That's on us. That's on our government. Why is this not being dealt with? And I, it, it, it literally bothers me every day because I'm a mom and, I, you know, these kids are so young. They have no idea what's going on. Their parents kind of pushed them to doing this. Uh, because it's clearly they would, why would they move away from their yeah. family on their own accord? It breaks my heart. Yeah, I share I share that uh, that emotion. You know, I have kids and grandkids, and I cannot imagine, uh, regardless of whether it's good intentions or bad, uh, putting a child through this. You know, and uh, uh, we see more and more about uh, stories about sex trafficking and and child trafficking and those kind of things in these networks. Uh, that are pushing them across the border uh, and, and aided and abetted by our own tax dollars. Uh, and that's why I wanted to do shows. I want to do shows like this so, so that, you know, average Americans see it, you know, because oh. they don't trust the government media anymore. Uh, wow. it, and uh, uh, so, so the few that are watching this will see this and hear you talking about it because it's so important that we do that. Well, we've got to take another break. Our last break, Angie. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the Panama Canal issue. You you are very familiar with Hong Kong, and the two companies that bought the ends of the Panama Canal are from Hong Kong. I'm Rob Manis on Red Voice Media Network Live, uh, talking with Ms. Angie Wong, uh, president of Legacy Pack. We'll be right back. We love the Internet, but the Internet is tracking everything you do. Take control of your online privacy with IP Vanish. People with malicious intent are everywhere watching you. Criminals can hack your Wi-Fi while broadband providers and advertisers monitor your data. With IP Vanish on your device, your Internet activity is encrypted. No one can see what you're doing. Your location, your connection, completely hidden. Protect your Internet privacy today with IP Vanish. General warning of a potential U.S. General warning of a potential long-term plan for China to control the Panama Canal. National Security Correspondent Jennifer Griffin's live at the Pentagon with on that. So, Jennifer, what are you learning about this? 
Well, Sandra, the Pentagon says this is an urgent national security issue. Five years ago, Panama, under pressure from Beijing, quietly shifted its long-term policy of recognizing Taiwan, severed ties, and now only recognizes China. At the same time, a Hong Kong-based company bought and took control of two ports on either end of the Panama Canal. America's top general, who oversees U.S. Southern Command, issued this warning two weeks ago. I worry about the, uh, you know, they look like civilian companies or state-owned enterprises that could be used for dual use and could be quickly changed over to a military capability if they needed that too. It looks like, again, they're investing. I look at it as extracting. Six percent of the world's commerce passes through the canal each year. Sixty-six percent of cargo traffic that begins or ends its journey at a U.S. port passes through the Panama Canal. 516.7 million tons of goods pass through the century-old waterway this year alone. A recent report from the Center for Strategic and International Studies raised alarm bells about China's rising influence on America's doorstep. China's increasing interest in Panama is something the United States needs to pay attention to. To the extent that we leave vacuums, China and Russia will fill vacuums. So if we had a conflict in the Taiwan Straits or a conflict in the South China Sea and it started to escalate, one of the areas that where China might look to escalate and cause trouble would be to close the Panama Canal. Defense Secretary Austin, on a visit to Brazil last week to meet Latin American defense ministers, added his concern about China's ongoing Belt and Road Initiative designed to take control of key infrastructure around the world and make countries dependent on Beijing. Autocratic powers are working to undermine the rules-based international order in our region. Welcome back to the Rob Ada Show on Red Voice Media Network Live. We're talking with uh, journalist and president of Legacy Pack, Angie Wong, uh, who has done a lot of work in the area of looking at China, the Chinese Communist Party, uh, and what they are doing around the world. And we spoke, you know, all the way from my opening about the Panama Canal. That's one of the reasons why I use the word envelopment. That's a military term. Uh, uh, that the United States is is almost completely enveloped now by the Chinese communists, uh, when, if you look at it from a pure national security perspective, because it wouldn't take much to disrupt uh, our logistics capability into the Indo-Pacific area of responsibility, or AOR, as the combatant commanders from the United States uh, term that area, if we needed to uh, defend ourselves uh, there, or, or if, God forbid, something worse happened besides just a one small attack uh, on an American uh, territory or an American military uh, uh, asset. Uh, you know, and, and it's just very concerning. That clip is not that new. It's not new. Uh, and, and we don't hear our national security experts really raising this issue uh, very much, if at all. That's right. That clip, I believe, was from 2022. We've been raising a lot on a lot of infrastructure that the Chinese have been buying around the world. They are using private companies to purchase the infrastructure, but we also know that on a overnight, the CCP can take over these companies and control them. And that is really what's happening here. 
I saw that happening in my in my field in newspapers. I was working for a Rupert Murdoch newspaper, and it was sold to Jack. Well, eventually through other owners, it was sold to Jack Ma from Alibaba. But we all knew. Oops. You there? I'm here. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's my okay. fault. Uh, but we all knew that, you know, Jack Ma was in bed with the CCP and they had a government-controlled newspaper uh, through him. So all of these things that are bought. Now, it doesn't surprise me that a Chinese, rather a Hong Kong company has purchased structures uh, around the Panama Canal. There are Chinatowns that are around the Panama Canal because the Chinese are the second largest users of the Panama Canal. So, I mean, that as far as far as business goes does not surprise me as, you know, the thing to do. Um, what is really scary is that, you know, even though we're tracking all of these things, there's actually no effort to stop, impede, or even regulate any of these things. I know that the U.S. government has a lot of pull, right, especially in, in Panama and in South American countries. We have not used that diplomatic push yet. And I think that's something that, you know, we need leadership on that to give direction on how to do it before it's too late. Right now, there is still a window to say, hang on, we're, we're monitoring the situation. I think we need to you know, work on getting a solution that's comfortable for us because, um, you know, it, it, it really could be any day now that the light, you know, the, that everything switches over and the Chinese decide, okay, we're going to, this is our time. We're coming in. We're taking over. I don't believe that they'll ever necessarily push through our own borders in the U.S. to take over. They're doing it already economically. They control us economically the same way they already control Taiwan, which is why, in my opinion, they never need to stick a flag in the Taiwanese capital because they control Taiwan on uh, economically, socially, and even with the youth. The youth culture is very, very uh, almost Chinese-looking. So that's what's happening here in the U.S., if you want to summarize. Um, and they just don't know how to do it with the soft power stuff just yet. But military-wise, they do, you know, we are, we're watching, but we're not doing anything. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, uh, you mentioned we, we, we have a lot of pull in Panama, uh, uh, but we've kind of turned away from that very strategic uh, uh, choke point. Uh, it, 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 we really shouldn't be, you know. Uh, uh, many of us that have, that served in the Cold War uh, and uh, assisted with the with the fall of the Soviet Union over time, uh, the government of the United States then uh, willing willfully went out to seek the smartest people in the world uh, that uh, uh, you know, just for instance, uh, linguists, uh, you know. All the languages spoken in the Soviet Union, we had we had untold numbers of young linguists that we trained uh, uh, to do everything from military intelligence to interpreters uh, for for ambassadors, etc. Uh, those kind of things, and uh, we just don't have that approach and that focus. Uh, and, on, and when you layer that on the fact that we've enabled the economic growth of the Chinese uh, with, the, with, I believe, the goal to make them more like us, but that, as we can see looking back now, uh, was never going to happen. It didn't work. Uh, 
I mean, from a from an ideological perspective, it didn't work. From an economic perspective, we helped them create, uh, like you said, an economic powerhouse that you can't completely disengage from your culture and society. Uh, but we've got to get the effort going to really jump into this with a whole of government approach and hire our best and brightest uh, to look at these challenges because it's much more it will it is much more difficult than looking at the Soviet Union. We isolated the Soviet communists, uh, especially economically, uh, uh, to a large degree, where we have done the opposite with the Chinese Communist Party, which results in where we are today. Your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are the Chinese are saying we want a seat at the table. And right now we're at that critical impasse to either give them that seat and be their partners, the same way we are with the UK and other countries that we respect. They're buying their respect. And if we don't yeah. give it to them, they're just going to come take it. So it's really up to us how we want to handle this. I don't, I don't have the answers here. I'm just kind of putting that out there from what I'm looking yeah. at. They're either going to take it or we're going to be buddy buddies with them. I don't know what the right answer is. Well, thank you, Angie. I appreciate it. We've got about 30 seconds left. Uh, uh, tell, tell the audience about Legacy Pack real quick and where they can find you, what are your coordinates, uh, so that uh, folks can follow you and uh, get the information that you put out. Well, I want to thank you, Rob, first and foremost, for having me on your show. This is my first time on your show, and I thank you for your service. You know, uh, I support the military. I was former uh, national spokesperson for veterans for Trump. So thank you very much for your service. You can find me on Twitter at Angie Wong. That's Angie Wong. At, uh, you can also find Legacy Pack at The Legacy Pack. On Twitter, we support the next generation of conservative leaders. So I'm constantly speaking with candidates around the country, trying to get them into public office so that we can fix all these problems. Because the one thing that I see over and over again is that our own congressional members have no idea what these issues are, not in a real way anyway. And we have some big decisions to make about China, about Section 230, about all those things that's going to affect my kids, your grandkids, and the next generation going forward. So I just want to make sure that we get the right people making decisions on our behalf. And uh, because you're always welcome on this show to talk about these critically important issues. And this happened to be China versus the United States and the, that issue. Uh, but I know that you're involved in much, much more. Thank you very much. And uh, God bless you. God bless. Thank you. Well, that's it. More Warm Mondays. That's the opening salvo in what is China doing at the, uh, at not the behest of the United States, but that the United States is letting them do that is putting us in a bad position and what should we be doing about it? This is just the beginning. Tomorrow, it's Training Tuesday. Censorship and a new social media effort that's going on coming out of the conservative quarters. My, Jeff, uh, my guest, Jeff Dornick, will be with me on Training Tuesday tomorrow. I'll see you later. I'm Rob Manis, Red Voice Media Network Live. <laughs>